Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to have a great, great show with great, great people. We're going to have words. I have the best words. And we're, we're going to give out stats. I love stats. You know, stats, they come and go. And people tell me stats all the time. And they come up to me and they say, John, you got wonderful stats. And I go, thank you. You know, I'm a very humble guy. Welcome to another edition of Jedi and Germs, a weekly podcast brought to you by TornbySports.com. I'm Alan Zog, the Jedi. He's John English, the germs guy. Hello, John. Hello, Alan. And how might you be this week? I am pretty good. I had a very enjoyable time last night watching the game. Yes, as did Um, I. And I was there, just so everybody knows, I was there. Yeah, I... I uh, I had barely missed the uh, the Kobe package, which I didn't really care about. But then I started seeing all these tweets on, "Wow, that's the best one yet." So then, of course, I had to go back and watch it. Um, the Kobe package. I, you know, the the two minutes. Hear all the fans saying what they think about Kobe. I'm glad they got his air balls in there. Um, I think the best gift we could possibly give Kobe is to send him out tying the worst loss in Lakers franchise history. There you go. Now, I, I, that's fair. Wasn't it you that pointed out, or who was it? Somebody on Twitter pointed out that uh, the loss just happened to be double the uh, number on his jersey too, wasn't that? Somebody said that last night. Oh, well, I don't know what that means, but yeah. No, no, isn't his jersey, what's his jersey number? Yeah, 24. Yeah. So he lost last night by double his jersey number. And I don't know who pointed that out. I saw it on Twitter. I kind of laughed. And it was six times his original jersey number. Oh, and he has never been a sixth man. Wow. I think we have a conspiracy theory. Oh, it's rigged. It's got to be. I think it's more of a fulfillment of prophecy. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) <laughs> and this is where, uh, you know, some tuba. Don't, don't, don't. Wow. Here's one thing I loved about that game. And it wasn't until it, it had been over for a while where it kind of, it kind of came together for me. Okay. This year, Kobe Bryant has made it a year long retirement thing. It's made it all about him. He set it up. So every arena showers him with praise and everyone says, thank you, Kobe. And he has adoring fans everywhere he goes. And it's great for him. It's terrible for his teammates. And one thing I really, uh, one thing that really kind of hinted that is Kobe goes one for 11. You know, Lakers are awful. They're down by 30 at halftime or something. And Rodney Hood had gone off for 30. 
So Kobe Bryant says, all right, in the second half, I'm going to shut him down. So what does Kobe Bryant do? He, he wraps his arms around Hood every chance he gets, just completely blankets him, does not let him get the ball. And for the first few minutes, Rodney Hood was fine with that, and his other teammates were getting the ball, and everyone else on the Jazz was scoring at will in the third quarter. And during the game, it was bugging me. It's like, hey, don't let Kobe shut out Hood in the second half. But there was a play where Shelvin Mack was starting to drive down and Rodney was there for the pick and roll. And Kobe, instead of going to help on Shelvin, he just stayed right by Hood. So Shelvin was there for a wide open layup. And then as I continued watching the game, I noticed that the defense, whenever they would rotate, Kobe Bryant would not... He would stay on Hood. He would not do any help defense. And the Jazz had several open shots in the third quarter that left easy scores. And that told me a few things. That told me that Kobe, um, well, confirmed some things. Uh, Kobe was not playing defense until in the second half he decided to make it a matter of pride. And then when he did make it a matter of pride to play defense, it's about having Hood not scoring. He did not care about everyone else on the Jazz scoring. And it was it was just one of those uh, it, it it was like it was a nutshell of this season where um it was about him, it was about what he felt like doing in the game. It wasn't helping his team, his team got killed. Um, but he still got to get those accolades. He still got to have the the fans praise him. He still got to see everybody. And there was a little part of me that enjoyed seeing him enjoying himself on this last year, but I feel really bad for his teammates. The quotes from Byron Scott after the game were just atrocious. I didn't hear those. Oh, they asked him if he said anything to the team after the loss. And he said, no, he hoped they went to do a little soul searching. And it's like, you're the coach. What do you think your job is? <laughs> but, but honestly, I mean, John, what do you say after that? You just lost by nearly 50 points to a team that is on the edge of the playoffs in the Western Conference. Matching your worst loss in franchise history. That's one of those, you yeah. give a Quinn Snyder look and that's it. That that's really all that you do is look at your team, like are you serious, and then walk out. But I, well, I'm going to go a step further though. I mean, this is Byron Scott we're talking about. Just so everybody's clear, it's Byron Scott. Do you expect anything different from him? He's really, I mean, he he really hasn't proven to be all that good of a coach. So I don't know that he. I mean, he looked disengaged on the sideline anyway. Let's be honest. Let's is, put it is this he way. How, how could Byron back? Scott possibly do worse? How could he possibly do a worse job as coach? No, he can't. I mean, this it would is... take, it would take clever thought and planning to do a worse job as coach. Right. Well, he could win some more games and ruin their, uh, their lottery pick. Oh, touche Devin. No, I, I'm well just played. saying because <laughs> that's what you ran into with Ty a few years ago. Right. Jazz fans were so upset that he, that the team was terrible, but they were upset when the jazz would win and there was no winning at this point. I don't think Scott has any thought in his mind that he's going to be back next season. And why would he? So he's just showing up, getting a paycheck and calling it a day. And and honestly, what else do you expect from him? He knows he's done. 
He knows he's just there so that the team will lose. He knows this is the Kobe parade, which I, for one, am kind of sick of. It would have been one thing if it was halfway through the year or something like that, or, or, you know, he announces at the All-Star break. We all knew it was coming. Kind of like we all know it's coming, what, this season or next season for Dirk, um, for Duncan, Garnett. I mean, you've got names of people. They're not Kobe status, but give me a break. It's just, it's old. It's really old. When you saw SportsCenter, I, I saw this on Facebook. Before the game, they're talking about how Kobe's had great, great performances on this day in history. And he had two games with like 50 points over a 20-year career. And, that, and that's it. And as far as I know, when the Jazz blow the team out by nearly 50 points, there was not a single nod to, hey, Utah just handed Kobe the worst loss of his career. Well, he is a, he is a product of what the media is going to dish out. And, you know, Duncan could very well get a sixth ring this year. Yeah. But Duncan is not the type of player who's going to announce his retirement in November no. and just have this parade in his honor everywhere he goes. D- Duncan, Duncan is from the mold of long ago, Carl and John, guys like that that didn't need that kind of parade. Just uh, drop, drop, drop it. And walk away, you know, like like Devin just did. Drop Mike and walk away. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not done yet. Uh oh. <laughs> let, let me ask Put you guys that checkbook this. Checkbook away. There's more. <laughs> let, let me ask you this, both of you. Okay. If the Lakers were a playoff team, you know, even like a a six or five seed, does Kobe do this? Does he do the I'm retiring or does he focus on trying to win games? Because part of me thinks that he knows, man, we suck. I mean, we really suck. So I'm going to make this fun for me. If the Lakers had a decent team, would he make the, the same announcement early in the year? Oh, no. No. Not at all. No. No. I mean, last year... The Lakers were terrible, but he missed most of those games. And uh, they were 21 and 61 last year. And Kobe played 35 games. Okay, I've got it up. And so he he could look at that as a lost season because he missed so so much time. This year, um, where he said that he was going to see himself as the mentor and supporting the young guys. No, (laughs) no, he didn't do that. He, he kept throwing up the ball, you know, he'd throw up seven for 25 shooting nights, just awful, just, just killing his team's chance to win. And you have Byron Scott there going, whatever, whatever Kobe wants to do, that's what we're going to do. So he's having his, this awful shooting, you know, he's shooting 35%. He's shooting 28% from three. Um, and he's killing the team. And it seems like he announced his retirement. I would say at the latest by game 20 of the season when it was just clear they weren't going anywhere, when they started, what did they start? Like three and 17 or just something? Yeah, it, it was awful. Uh, let's see. They started one and five, one and nine, two and nine, two and 17. Yeah, they were just two and 15. They started the season two and 15. I don't think it was much farther after that um, when he announced his retirement. In fact, <laughs> man. 
I forgot how bad they were. They started three and twenty-one. Hoo-wee. I think they were worse than the no. That I I wanted to say they were worse than the Sixers, but if I remember right, the Sixers started out like one and twenty-one. Um, but there was there were games where they might have had a chance there early, if if Kobe wasn't doing such a bad job. Like the very first game against the Timberwolves, Kobe was a minus six, and they lost by one point. Well, it, and it was him. It was him shooting eight of twenty-four when everyone else was having a decent game. Right. But it was all about Kobe. Well, and I'll and I'll tell you this. I we're gonna, I'm going to try and segue out of this a little bit, but I I think we've spent more time on Kobe than probably. I'm, we, I'm bringing we, you right back in. So I I, I know I'm trying to avoid this because we're giving this guy more airtime than I think it needs to be right now. I, I mean, when all is said and done, I respect the guy's game. We, we, we said farewell to him last night and he got a deserving ovation farewell last night. I'll give him that. But I look back last night. I mean, back to your point earlier where his pride took a ding. Um, the shot where Rodney hit 30 points was exactly where that at, where that uh, pride took, took a hit because he, he crossed over Kobe and, and just made him look filthy sick and dropped, dropped his three pointer to go to 30 I think that's when, because I remember that part in the first half, and that's when I tweeted out what I did about Kobe. I said, that's when Kobe looked at it and said, all right, enough is enough. I'm not going to let this happen again. And the rest of the first half, which wasn't much time left anyway, and then into the second half, he did everything he could to not allow that embarrassment again, because you're right. It was a pride pride situation. Um, it, it, it just was. Uh, Devin, go ahead, bring it back, and then I'm gonna. Then we're gonna go away from this because, like this, I said, this is the last thing, and maybe this will pull us out of it. There, there's been a lot of talk I've seen about who's getting Kobe's shoes after the after the games. So I, I asked uh, our good friends Jody and I saw this, and and Aaron and, and yeah. Tony, and Aaron came back and said that he doesn't know of anyone that got the shoes after the game, but Rodney had his shoes signed by Kobe. Which so, I think is fitting. So yep. here's here's my question to you. Let's say Kobe Bryant has to give the shoes to someone in the jazz organization or 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 somehow related to to the jazz. Who would you give those shoes to? Who who was deserving of the shoes last night? Was it Hood? Was it someone like Lyles? Deserving who, of the shoes? The one the one who would mean the most to is Trey Lyles. Yes, that's that was going to be my choice right there. L- L- Lyles and Lyles got a moment with Kobe last night too. Uh picture picture and everything. He that Kobe's his favorite player and I think if anything if anybody was deserving or should have received those shoes, it would have been Trey Lyles. It should have been Trey Lyles. Okay, I'm I'm going to throw out a few few things here. Hood really really took it to him. Right. So so to me, you've got a contender there. Lyles, of course, because Kobe is his idol. Um, Hayward, I would say, should be in, in consideration there because I feel like there have been some good Hayward-Kobe matchups over the years. What about Andre? That's where I was going. <laughs> That's where I was going. That's who deserved the shoes in my mind was on a AK fan night or appreciation night that Karolinko... Which by the been someone to give those shoes to, which by the way, I don't know. uh, I, you know, I don't know how much to show it on TV, but uh, it was a very nice gesture that Kobe gave AK after the fact, like they had that, that short timeout, which 
we'll get into that if you want to in a little bit, but um, where very limited time was given to it. But as he was walking off the court, Kobe walked up to him, kind of gave him a little bit of a, a, a pat on the shoulder and a, a kind of a kind of a smile and a thank you kind of thing to 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 AK and then and then walked. It was a very nice gesture to see from from Kobe. So I give him that. So. No, I, I just wondered because you've heard about players getting these. It was uh, like Tony Allen, I believe LeBron, Paul George. I, I mean, you've had big names and, and there's no one that's been like, I don't know, a, a huge rival of Kobe because I feel like with a, such a young team that the Jazz have not faced Pete Kobe, you know, contender Kobe. Right. Well, and last last thing on Kobe, John, I, I want your thoughts on this before we move on. Um, Post game, I reposted this video to Facebook. Jazz posted it last night. Kobe had some very nice things to say about Andre in the post game interview um, of Karolinko. Very nice things. And then he also had some very, uh, very nice um, thoughts on uh, Quinn Snyder as well. Did you hear those? I did. Um and I, I kind of wanted to go more on, uh, on AK's night. Okay. Um, let's do that. He was, he, he, he was a jazz man for 10 years. And one thing I really enjoyed watching it on TV was in the third quarter, AK joined Harpering and Bowler on commentary. And it was cool to watch AK and Harpering together again and kind of talking about the old days and their locker room stuff. And that's, that's kind of a part of the jazz. We didn't really get to see, we didn't really know what their relationship was like when Malone left and Stockton retired and Karolinko and Harpering were suddenly the two best players on the team. And it sounded like that those guys, um, actually argued quite a bit. Um, probably two guys try to mold the team to themselves because they know they're the two best players on the team. But it just, it just reminded me, um, how much that team was loved that, 42 and 40 team that everyone thought was going to be the worst team in the league. And it was those two guys and really AK because Harpering went down halfway through the season that just carried the least talented roster. Keith McLeod the at the point guard. And uh, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, You had Han Logden and Mikey Moore and Ruffin who could not make a shot to save his life and all these different weird guys. And, but it was AK that, that, you know, dragged him to a winning record. He got his all-star appearance. Um, there was some debate on jazz Twitter about whether he should have his number retired. Um, what do you think? Personally, I, I, I think he should really. Um, I agree. I mean, he was, he was the heart of the franchise. He was an all-star when he was here. And can you really imagine anyone else wearing 47 on the jazz? Just doesn't seem right. Well, and he, he was one of the first guys I remember the stat sheet, the five by five being mentioned on a regular basis. Yeah. The five by five came into existence because AK made it happen. He had, he did it three times. Yeah. I think he's the only player in NBA history. who's done it three times. And his weak side, his weak side defense, his chase down blocks, you know, everybody heralds Hayward's ability to do those chase down blocks and, and that weak side defense like he does. But Nobody did it better than AK. Andre Karolinko would it had the ability to just surprise guys from the weak side. It, and and like I said, without bringing too much Kobe into it, that's one of the things Kobe said in his post game. Talked about Andre and the fact that he was 
he was a, a, an incredible talent on defense that just made it, it would surprise you you know as an offensive player you just didn't know where he was but you had to be aware if you were going to get anything offensively you had to be aware of Andre's position on the floor yep oh. um can we look ahead for what the jazz got yeah let's do it all right houston won tonight so Ouch. they are now on pace to tie the jazz and houston wins the tiebreaker because they have a better conference record and i went through their schedules and if it comes down to a tie i just the the houston has to lose some weird games or jazz have to get some miracle wins if they want to get the best of the tiebreaker. So I would, I would just say they just need to flat out have a better record than Houston in order to get the seventh seed. Um, Which and, is still doable. You know, we, we, we can talk later if the seventh seed or eighth seed really matters that much, but um, jazz have golden state tomorrow night. And while golden state is favored, it's not by much. It's one of those games that a lot of people look at. Like if, if the warriors are going to lose any other game the rest of the season, this one's probably a good candidate. What's I mean, the they're line? playing right now as we speak. Uh, it was 59%, if I remember right. So they're favored only by 59%? Yeah, 538 has them at 59%. Wow. It's, it's a back-to-back. Um, you know, Golden State's playing. Who are they playing tonight? They're playing right now, and then they got to come right to Utah and... Um, oh, they're playing Washington. So, um, as soon as that game's done, Golden State's going to get here. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny to talk about any kind of advantage with the Warriors. Um, back-to-backs don't seem to affect them. Nothing, nothing seems to affect them. That's why they're on their way to being the, the best team in NBA history. But um, if ever circumstances were set up for the Jazz to be able to beat them, it would be under these circumstances. Uh, they won't have Iggy. They won't have Azili, and um, you know Ig- Iggy's such a glue guy for that team that that I would expect them to at least make it close. I mean, I would hope. Yeah, I well, I would hope the Jazz could make it close tomorrow. And the last time the Golden State was in town, the Jazz did keep it close. So I'd like it to be in, in a respectable range to be able to do it. Um, wouldn't you, as, as a, as a basketball team going into the playoffs, okay, maybe you're slated to be the eighth seed. You're one of the teams that prevented a team from reaching the record. Do you really want to be that team to face them in the first round? Well, if they beat the Warriors, they'll be the seventh seed. Okay. I will say that right now. Do, but do you go do you see where I'm going with that? I mean, what team Houston, Dallas, yeah. Utah wants to be the team that prevents the uh, prevents Golden State from getting the record and then first round of the playoffs Golden State says, "You prevented it. You're dead meat." And they just finish you off before you even have a chance to blink. I want to be that team. Do you? I yeah. think every, <laughs> everyone would want to be that team. Okay. All right. I'm just no, curious. No, seriously, it's like we're going to lose on purpose because we're scared of the Warriors later in the playoffs. No, every, every NBA team would love to be that team. That's right. Record. Right. Not, not only that, Alan, I want both because at the end of the day, you guys can think I'm crazy, but I would rather face golden state than San Antonio. I just would. 
I feel like it's a better matchup for the Jazz. And I know this was a couple months ago when we had Zach on the show. I said that if the Jazz face the Warriors, the Jazz will win one game in the playoffs. And I am still sticking with that. As crazy as it sounds, I just think that there are opportunities there when you have Favors and Gobert and if you have a healthy roster. As healthy as you can. I mean, we don't have Dante, of course. That's not happening. But but is there a possibility of Alec coming back? Is is that still on the table? I or is that unlikely now? I would say unlikely. I think the Jazz would just soon keep him out and start over next yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. If he's not back this week, I yeah. I think they'll just keep him shut down for the year. I agree. Even without, I I feel like we're in a better position with Mac than we have been all year at the point guard spot. I'm yeah. sure that we faced Golden State sometime while there was that whole favors Gobert injury period. That, we did. Yeah. So I, I don't feel like we have really evidence of what the team can do right now. Right. And the Jazz are starting to click a little bit better than they were a few months back. So let's – so okay, yeah, they, ha- they have. So with that click in mind, they're 37 and 37. Golden State, Minnesota, Phoenix – by the end of this next three-game stretch, the Jazz are going to be 39 and 38. Do we all agree? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 39 and 38. And then they come back next week after Phoenix. That's where San Antonio comes to town. Yeah. So <laughs> San Antonio comes to town. I'm going to call it right now. Duncan doesn't play in that game. Leonard's not going to play in that game. I think that'll be a Tony Parker show. If I tell you that right now, do the Jazz win that ball game? If the Spurs don't have Leonard and Duncan, yeah, yeah, I think the Jazz would win. Okay, I don't. You don't? No, I feel like, like I've said before, Popovich could get the janitors suit up and somehow they <laughs> put together a winning team. I, I, I don't know. Right. You you have this block. I have this block. Maybe I'm wrong, and, and people can chime in and let us know on Twitter if I'm the only one that feels this way. But that Popovich is quite possibly the best NBA coach of all time, and that no matter who he puts on the floor, they're going to come to play. You're not going to have a Byron Scott Lakers team show up. Probably, the problem with the best coach of all time, and, and this is an argument that goes all over the place, you have another coach that's won, uh, you know, what, 12 championships? No, nine champions. How many? I'm trying to think. Yeah. We 12, need the stats guy. Nine, nine championships. Is that right, John, that he won between two teams or was it more? 11. Who? Phil Jackson. Jackson? Yeah, 11. Yeah, 11. He yeah, won 11. So I was close when I said 12. He is 11. So Six you, with Bulls, five with Lakers. I, I have to agree with you. I think Pop might be the greatest greatest coach but you gotta argue in the favor of phil jackson who won yeah, 11 yeah, championships yeah. too. six with mj pippen rodman and five with kobe, five and, with shaq. kobe and i get and it shaq i get it you know what i mean right it's a deb- it's an eternal debate so but yeah, anyway well, three with kobe and shaq two with kobe and Powell. yeah so okay so that all of that aside yeah there we go that's that's looking ahead i I, I think we're safe to say the Jazz, you know, Minnesota and Phoenix, those both should be wins, even on the road at Phoenix. So the Jazz should be 39 and 38 at this time next week. Well, this this Spurs game is going to be something because 
every time the Jazz have faced the Spurs so far this year, they have it's been when they've been missing some of their key guys. Right. And the Spurs have won by at least 20 points in all three of their games so far. Oh, mind you, so, they, they didn't win those games by that margin until the fourth quarter, mind you, too. The Jazz kept it close for three quarters. Not all of them. In a couple of those games. A couple of those games they did. Okay, the closest one was the home game where they only lost by 18. Yeah, but they were um, they were they were within a few points going into the fourth. It was in the fourth when Spurs opened it up. That's fine and dandy. They lost by 18. <laughs> it's four quarters out. Fine, I get it. I'm drunk, all right guys. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not drunk, but still. I'm Spurs drunk. Yeah. So, uh, I I well, who knows? I mean, if they rest some guys, that'll be great because that'll be the first time this year they've played the Spurs where they haven't had all those guys healthy. But as they have faced the Spurs with the Spurs playing full force, they've been killed every time. And I actually can see Devin's argument in that. I think it's true that they might have a better shot winning a game against the Warriors than against the Suns just because of the way uh, they've been able to get close with the Warriors, but not with the Spurs. Right. All right. Alan, who would you like in the playoffs? If I give you that choice, who do you want? How do you want to lose? Oh, man. Well, there's the sentimental value. I don't mind playing the Spurs. But then the opposite of that is I've seen enough of the Spurs give me Golden State. So in the end, I'd probably choose Golden State as well. And can you imagine? (laughs) Game one, Steph goes down. <laughs> oh God! Ankle injuries are back. <laughs> Here comes the narratives. <laughs> oh, oh man, gosh! If that happened, oh, wow. that would be so awesome. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> not, 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 not saying a Curry injury would be awesome. I'm just saying if the Jazz I'm just somehow pulled that, that out, that stroke of luck. That would that would be like the Jazz Warriors series when they had Baron Davis. You mean after the Warriors at an eight seed pulled off the impossible beating the Dallas Mavericks yep. with the best end, best record in the NBA that year? Yeah, that's exactly yep, what I had yep, thought yep, of. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right, we didn't touch much on Rodney Hood's hot night, although we did. But uh, I have one. All I have is one thing to say. Somebody posted a picture and I retweeted it today from from. Uh, uh, sports center last night and kudos to Jimbo Rudding for this one. Um, print, uh, Robin or, or, or Rodney hood, Prince of threes was the, uh, the title on sports center last night. Rodney hood, cool. Prince of threes. Was that, was that Jimbo that did that? Well, uh, you know, Jody responded when I retweeted it, Jody Guinness, he responded and said, kudos to to jimbo so i'm wondering if jimbo originally came up with that idea or or maybe well, i remember someone made out. a graphic of it a few months ago yeah so the, so yeah, i think i think kudos goes to jimbo on that one so we're giving jimbo a, a shout out on our show uh can i get a retweet <laughs> retweet for that jimbo 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 we, we we want you to listen to the show and then give Devin a retweet on that there you go all right, John, let's get into the meat of the show, though. Let's let's jump from the jazz into you wanted to go back and take a look at um, predictions that we had given uh, over and under predictions that we gave before the season started back in August. Um, yep. I'm glad you did because I had been listening to that show earlier today, kind of 
brushing up on some of our predictions. So let's let's talk about it. Okay. Um, we'll go through the East first and then we'll go through the West. And I'm going to go in order that I just happen to have it on my sheet. Okay. Um, Cavaliers, the preseason pick was 56.5. All of us picked over. Cavs are on pace to win 57 wins, according to 538. So I think we're all good. Not bad. Bulls, Bulls were at 49.5. All of us picked over. That is not happening. Yeah, we're shot out of the water uh, on that one. Yeah, Bulls look like they're going to miss the playoffs. Next, where's the Hawks at 49.5? We all picked over. Hawks are on pace to win 49. So they actually look like they're going to be just under. Okay. So we, we may have barely missed on that one. That was a tough one. Raptors 45.5. All of us went over. We were right. They are on pace for 54 wins. We were right on them. Absolutely. Next was the wizards 45.5. They are on pace for a 40 win season. Devin went over. Alan and I went under. Um, so now we're in, we're in the lead. <laughs> Devin, Devin's going to get his heat. revenge. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come. Yes, it will. Uh, the heat 45.5 heater on pace to win 48. Devin went under. And I went over. We're ahead by two now. Yes, Going to the bucks 43.5. All of us picked the under. We are all geniuses. They are on pace <laughs> for 34 one season. Celtics 42.5. Devin went over. Alan and I went under. He gets a point back because they are on pace for 48 win season. So the Pacers, count so far is still the, the count so you far. You and I are is, up by one. Now there you go. Okay. Uh Pacers. Pacers. Pacers 42.5. They are on pace for a 44 win season. Um Devin and Allen went over and I went under. So that means Ooh. Allen is up by one over me and Devin. Pistons, 33.5. We all picked the over. They're on pace for a 43 win season. We believe in Stan Van Gundy. Hornets, 32.5. We all went under. Hornets have had this amazing month. They are on pace for a 48 win season. Wow. Magic, 32.5. We all took the over. Um, they are on pace for a 34-win season. Knicks, 31.5. This one's interesting. Uh, Devin took the over. Alan and I took the under. Knicks are on pace for a 33-win season. Knicks actually were able to hit the over. So Devin and I are dead even. Continue to play. You two are even. And you trail Nets. by one. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes, he's down by one. Yeah. I'm down one. Nets. Uh, they were at a 28.5. They're on pace for a 23 win season. Devin and I took the under. Alan took the over. Um, so, that, so, so that puts that, Devin in the lead. We're all tied right there. Oh, right? no. We're all t- no. no Devin, I, Devin takes the lead there. I, I got a lead, I think. Oh, Devin's the lead now. I don't, I don't Devin, know. Okay, Devin, are so you looking Devin, at these? Devin's did he one. send these to us? Maybe. Yeah, you are looking. Put your dang phone down. <laughs> Stop counting. I want to hear this. For, put your phone down. <laughs> All right. You're okay. in the lead. Next. Sixers. East. 
They were at 21.5. We all took the under. They are on pace for a 10-win season. All right. So our Eastern (laughs) Conference champion is me. So Devin wins the East. Now we go to the West. That's where his winning stops. (laughs) Just wait. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. West Warriors, 60.5. We all took the over. They are on pace for 73. Spurs, 60, or 58.5. Uh, they're on pace for 68 win season. Devin and I went under. Allen went over. Shabang. So Allen is now one, one ahead in the West. In the West. Thunder. We all took the over. They were a 57.5 pace. Right now they're on pace for 57. So actually it looks like they're going to be just under. A little bit of disappointment there with the Thunder. Clippers, 56.5. They're on pace for a 52-win season. Devin took the over. Alan and I took the under. So I stay ahead one, baby. No, two now. Two. Two. You're up two. two. I'm up one. All right. There you go. All right. Rockets. We all took the over. We were all wrong. (laughs) They were at 54.5. They're on pace for 42 wins. Oh, how wrong everybody was. (laughs) Grizzlies, 50.5. Allen took the over. Devin and I took the under. Devin and I are right. So. I stay the lead one. With John. You hold it. You and. No. I was up two. John was up one on you. I drop one back. So John and I are tied with the lead. Okay. Yep. We're up one. Um, Pelicans, 47.5. Devin and I took the under. Alan took the over. Wow. So now... Now we're even, all of us. Nope, John's nope. up by one. John's nope. up by one. Yeah, that's right. All right. Jazz, 40.5. We all took the over. We yes, were all we right. They're on pace for 42-win season. Mavericks, 38.5. This is a tough one. They're on pace for a 39-win season, so that would be the over. Allen took the over. Devin and I took the under. So that now puts me back in tied with John. Is that right? Or yep. No, I take one lead. No, you're tied with John. Tied with up John. one on me. Right. Up one on you. All right. Now you're, now you're tied one. All right. Suns, 36.5. Devin took the under. Allen and I took the over. We are all tied. <laughs> Devin just saluted me. Seriously, you just pulled the Rudy salute. Wow. Okay. I did not see the sun season coming. I don't think any Kings. of us saw that really, but yeah. One Kings, of us saw 30. that. 30.5. <laughs> well, now 30 he's going to lose it here. Kings 30.5. Devin 5. took the under. Okay. Alan and I took the over. Kings are on pace for a 32-win season. Oh, and so close. where does that put us all? Uh, now you and I are up one. Okay. All right. Lakers. We all took the under. We are all geniuses. They were at 29.5. They are on pace for a 16 win season. Nuggets. 26.5. We all took the over. We are right. Um, they were at 26.5. They're on pace for a 34 win season. I see this. Was, I see Blazers. where this is all setting up for. 
We end up being tied Blazers, in the West. Blazers, Blazers. We end up being tied in the Let, West, and Devin wins the, the East. No, 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 no. Let me finish. Let me finish. Devin took the over. Alan and I took the under. So we're all tied. Blazers were only favored with 26.5, and they're on pace for 43 win season. Dame time. Last team. So we're tied. Timberwolves. Right? We're, we're tied. tied. We're tied. It all comes down to we're the Wolves. Tied. Devin, Devin, Devin's already celebrating. 5. They're on pace for a 28 win season. Devin took the under. Alan and I took the over. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Heartbreak. <laughs> so Devin wins the East. You and I win the West. Wait, wait, wait. But by one. So we, if you add if you add it all together, we're, we were exactly we, even. <laughs> we all tied. Oh man. Yeah, but Devin we're all, we all got the exact same score. Devin's not letting this <laughs> drop though. Devin is not letting this drop because he gave us so much crap the night that we did this about our pick against the Blazers. And now he's here to what, Devin? Go ahead. Gloat. Well, Go ahead. Well, really, I think there can't be a tie because it's competition. So we have to look at the margin of victory. And so let's just oh. look, at, let's look at the Suns and let's look at the Blazers. And we'll call that the, we'll call that well, tiebreaker. We'll Those weren't the only predictions we made that day. No, they weren't. All right. You want to hear what our finals predictions were? Let's do it. Uh, we'll see I, who we think is more accurate. <laughs> Devin's prediction was Cavs over the Thunder. Alan's prediction, Cavs over the Spurs. My prediction, Cavs over the Warriors. Therefore, Devin loses by default because the Thunder are not going to the finals. <laughs> you don't know that. We'll see what happens when the Jazz beat the Warriors in the first what's, round. What's more is all three of us, all three of us picked Team James and the Cavs to win it all. Are we ready to? All three re- of us also picked LeBron to be MVP. Are we ready to back out of those? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Although, although I, I'm I'm excited just from a competitive standpoint to see the Cavs see what they do in the finals against the Spurs or the or the Warriors, just because I just want to see it. I don't even know if they're going to get there. They will. I don't know, man. They should. But I don't know. I, I'm as sure as a prediction that the Cavs will get to the finals as I am that the Jazz will make the playoffs. That's how confident I am. They'll get there next year when they got Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony. And and by the way, Devin, what was your pick for the Jazz win total this year? Do you remember? Because I remember mine was 47. John was 45. What was yours? I want to say mine was like 42 or 44. It was one of those. Okay. I, so I think we had... Mine was 42 after Exxon went down. Okay, and I stayed at 40, 47, 45, something like that after Exxon went down. I, I tried to re-listen to that again today. But I, I want to go back to that, too, while we're talking about our predictions. We all predicted that, that we'd still win 40-plus games, and we all predicted I, – I did a post today on the site, and, and, and I mentioned this. We all predicted 40-plus wins, and we all predicted the Jazz would still make the playoffs. And, I, and, and I'm going to ask you to – do you still stand by that prediction? Jazz make the playoffs? Yes. Yeah. Devin? Do the Jazz make the playoffs? This year? Yes. Like the NBA playoffs? As in this year. We've been talking about you think they'll upset Golden State. Will, does that, is that your pick? Are they well, going to be there? Well, then they got to make the playoffs, then, okay. don't they, Alan? I mean, well, I'm just, just saying. I'm just saying. About this I'm just saying. Minute, we're, all sticking by our, we're all sticking by our preseason prediction there. I'm standing by it. 
Jazz are going to make the playoffs. And oh, by the way, all of us agreed the Jazz would make the playoffs. And the one team that would miss out because of it was who? Mavericks. The, the Mavericks. And I stand by that too. The Mavericks will miss the playoffs. I, I haven't looked at the schedules lately, but I want to say that Houston and Dallas both have a more challenging schedule ahead yes. than the Jazz do. Yes, they do. So, I mean, the Jazz have a couple Dallas tough games. Dallas is brutal. Oh, yeah, it's 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 incredibly yeah. brutal. And they don't have Parsons. No. So. No, I, I we all, we yeah, all made. Yeah, Dallas, they, uh, their last. Their last five games are Houston, Memphis, at the Clippers, at the Jazz, and home to the Spurs. Which now, that Spurs game might they might not actually mean much. have a chance against the Spurs if the Spurs rest. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, but but if they lose to the Jazz, I don't think that will matter because I think that's your tiebreaker. That's your win. That's yeah, your Jazz will have a tiebreaker. Yeah, that 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 does it right there. Jazz are in. Mavericks are out. We've said that since August. We stand by it now. I'd say we were prophetic with all of our predictions then. We were prophetic then, and and they stand pat still now. So there you have it. Let's move on to the next topic. I think, uh, John, did you want to talk about some coaching? Yeah. Yeah. Um, We only have, what, two, three weeks left in the regular season. Hot Um, seats. We have already seen... One, two, three, four, five coaches have been fired already. And turnover is usually about 10 coaches a year. So I wanted to go over which ones we think will be gone. But first, let's address the five coaches that came on. Actually, six, really, um, because Flip Saunders died. So we we have six coaches that were not the head coaches um, of their teams uh, at the beginning of preseason, let's say Baker staff. So yeah. Uh, I'll start with Sam Mitchell, of the Timberwolves. Do you Sam think Mitchell. he stays another year or do they try to find a new coach? Um, new coach. I They'll probably go new coach. They do. They do. They need to do go new coach, new coach. Yes. I think the only way I think with that talent, they need to have somebody to do something with that talent. And I don't think Sam Mitchell's the guy. I, I totally agree. I think they should try to get a new coach. Um, JB Bickerstaff of the Rockets. Um, do they keep him or do they try to go new coach? They're just a hot mess down there. I don't know. I, I, there, I, I bet you they keep Bickerstaff. I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel the same way. I get the feeling that Houston is just going to blow up. I mean, Houston, we have a problem. Ha ha. They do. They, they have a big problem. And I think they could use a new coach and kind of do a rebuild. But I don't know if they're smart enough to. So let's say they keep them around another year, even though I don't think they should. I, I'm i inclined to think that they're going to go for a new coach just because Daryl Morey loves to keep changing things. I am also inclined to think that Dwight Howard opts out of his final year and becomes a free agent and gets the heck out of there and maybe even goes back to Orlando. Dwight Howard's not the only problem down there, though, seriously. Oh, he's he's definitely not. James Harden's the problem. And and when you're desperate enough to go out and get Michael Beasley, there's a serious problem. 
and Josh Smith. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they've they've got issues. Um, next would be Tony Brown with the Nets. New coach. I. Uh, new yeah. coach. Yeah. They have no assets, so they might as well try to get a new coach. Tyrone Lou of the Cavs. I think he stays. I don't think he should be there in the first place, but he'll be there next year. Yeah, I think he stays too. Um, Earl Watson of the Suns. I am going to go out and probably vote against the populace here. I actually think he should stay and probably will stay. I think he's out. I think he stays. I just think they've had so much turmoil that they uh, they try to give him a full year. And also with, with such a bad roster after they got rid of Markeith Morris and didn't get much in return, I, I think they'll want to go ahead and give him another year. Not that they've done that well, but I kind of like him as a coach. I think he, I think he will do good things. Oh, that, and, and that's not what I'm saying. It's nothing against Earl, but I mean, we're talking about the organization here that right. really didn't give Hornacek the best deal in the world when it came to uh, his time with uh with phoenix so i don't know i i think earl deserves some time i i think he has potential to be a good coach i, I think he has a great basketball mind but i i just don't trust the sun's front office fair enough that's a good point um and the last one is kurt rambis with the knicks he's gone here's what i think happens Phil Jackson says he wants to keep Rambus another year. James Dolan says no. Phil says fine. He quits. Rambus is fired. Phil has his excuse to leave New York. It's not working out. Or does Phil pull a Greg Popovich and uh, take over the reins of the coach? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's no, it won't happen. I'm just. It was. It's funny. I couldn't help it. His his health is so bad that he just. Yeah. Right. I I like the I, I think, story you think, tell, John. I think I think Phil quits and he heads back to the Lakers. And I think this is the start of the next great NBA TV reality show. <laughs> wow. Now, going back to the rest of the teams, are there any other coaches that should be worried? Um, oh, George Carl. Yeah, that's where He's I was going to go. Definitely done. Yes, he is. Um, I'm just going to scroll up by order of longevity from least to most Michael Malone of the nuggets. Stays. Um, I think he, I think he stays. Hoiberg of the bulls stays. That's I, yeah, I think they give him a second year. He's, he's had a disappointing first year. Wouldn't you put part of that on injury as well though? I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess you can't, you, especially when you've watched what Quinn has done with the injuries he's had here. So maybe by that aspect, maybe not. But I still think Hoiberg is given another year. Yeah, I I think they give him another year because the front office really wants him to succeed because they got rid of Thibodeau just because of personality. Yeah. Um, Alvin Gentry of the Pelicans gone. He should be gone. Um, Hindsight yeah, they is, had a lot of injuries, but it was just just miserable. Hindsight is they should have never have let Monty Williams go. 
hindsight is they never should have hired Gentry. He was the wrong choice. Well, that's well, that's the point I'm making though. They never <laughs> should have. They never never yeah. should have sent Monty Williams backing. I thought Williams was doing just fine. All right, uh, Scott Skiles in the Magic stays. Stays. I think he stays. Billy Donovan of the Thunder stays. Stays. I think he stays. George Carl of the Kings. I think he's gone. Gone. And I, and really? I'll be honest. It, even if they didn't fire him, I wonder if George is just ready to retire soon. Anyway. Well, he's ready to retire. Um, Kings want him to retire so they can save him some money. And Carl saying, "Oh, I'm not going to retire." I'll retire when you pay me. Um, that that whole thing's a mess. And plus, I think Carl knows this was his last head coaching job. And even though this is going to be the first time in eight years that the Kings have won 30 games in a season, um, they're going to let him go. Vladi should just um, give Peja Stojakovic the head coaching job. <laughs> he probably will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was purely saying that as a joke, but I'm glad that you took it and ran. <laughs> I, I've actually heard speculation that um, uh, what's what's the name of that female assistant coach they have? Oh, I forget her name, but that she would take the reins. Yeah, I've, I've heard that Vladi's interested in making history and making her the first female NBA head coach. I and that am- she actually does. And she does have a good relationship with cousins. I'm not so. opposed to that move either. I would, it's possible. I would love to see a female coach in the NBA, but I don't want to see it in Sacramento. Well, here's, here's the thing. <laughs> that just doesn't and, end well. And, I mean, well, nothing yeah. ends well in Sacramento. Right, and I was going to say, let's let's preempt that a little bit by saying we don't want, we wouldn't want to see it in Sacramento for her sake more than anything. Right, right. I, I want to see that in San Antonio. There you go. Yeah. Popovich is... Uh, you know, it's a is it Becky Harmon that's down there? Is yeah, that her name? I believe so. Is that right? I'm gonna start looking this stuff up. Yeah, but I mean, it, his heir apparent, his heir apparent, it ends up being her. Why not? That's a good call. Good call, Dev. Don't say good call until we know that the name's right. Well, regardless of name, I'm saying good call on maybe seeing that happen down there. I'd like to see it in, in an organization that has a culture of winning, not a culture. And of, Becky Hammond. Yeah. And a, and a culture. Hammond? Yeah. Becky yeah. Hammond. And a culture Hammond. of uh, stability. Right, right. Right. Not, not, you know, Sacramento's stable, but they're in the lottery, that kind of stable, you know? Right. Sacramento, Nancy Lieberman. Okay. But no, I, yeah. How long? What's the over under? Five years before we see a female take the head coaching reins in in the NBA, which I I have no issue with. In fact, it might be long overdue. I'd take the under. Yeah, I would go with you on that one. All right. Next is Byron Scott of the Lakers. Done. He should be fired the minute. Game is over. Are you he, kidding he me? Sh- They're going to fire him at <laughs> halftime. He should have. He should be fired. Game <laughs> one of the 2015-16 season. Oh wait. Oh yeah. You're asking. You know what they sh- If this guy here's has what a they hot do. Seat, they John. fire him right before the game, and then Kobe is the coach for the last game of the year. 
That, that's that's fine. Do. Maybe they're planning that. It's his final going away. <laughs> that that player oh. coach moment. Good lord, this just got ugly. <laughs> no, no. Uh, like I was saying, John, you're asking about a guy. Does does he have a hot seat? No, he doesn't have a seat. We've already talked about this. He's gone. His yeah. mind is is in Cancun or somewhere where he doesn't even have to think about the Lakers. And Swaggy P's probably going to be there right next to him. Because I I don't know that he's thinking much about the Lakers either. No, he's he's spending too much time in trouble with the law. We talked about this last week. You missed out. Oh, that's true. <laughs> um, next is Jason Kidd of the Bucks. Um, I think they give him one more year. Yeah, I think so. Whether he deserves yeah, it or not it is a different story. And, well, he's he's made some midseason adjustments, but um, yeah, it was. The the personnel is not what they had last year. The key I to think his they're, they're fine. Well, the key was starting the Greek Fika point guard. Right. And and I'm wondering if the key to his success is one continuing with that, but two, Jabari Parker's emergence. Yeah. Jabari's healthy. And how much credit does Kid get for Jabari having a pretty good year? Exactly. Now that he's back. So I I think he stays. Next is Quinn Snyder, the Jazz. Stays. He's out. Stays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and here Next. we hear Jedi and Germs just crumbling to the ground in flames. And, I think yeah. most of our remaining guys are going to stay, but we'll go through them. Steve Kerr, the Warriors. Stays. Stays. Um, Luke Walton has his pick of jobs next year. Stan Van Gundy, the Pistons. Stays. stays. This one's interesting. Brett Brown of the Sixers. Wow. He's been there three years he's now. He's out. He's out. Start um, over. He's had historically terrible rosters. I could see them still edging him out. They brought in uh, Mike D'Antoni. I think next year they probably just give the job to Mike D'Antoni and Brett Brown just has the unfortunate experience of while we're coaching the worst it's a mercy rule if you've spent that much time with the sixers while you're while you're on the subject of phoenix people i mean you know why not just give uh horn a second opportunity (laughs) at his former team well he'll he'll get an opportunity again somewhere i think i think people Mm -hmm. saw that hornacek was a good coach but that phoenix front office is awful right so i could see him getting something but is Philadelphia any better? No. Go to college, Jeff. Go to college. That's a good point. All right, we miss anybody yeah. else on the coaching list? Well, we've got a few more. Um, next is Brad Steven in the Celtics. He stays. Stays. Yep. Um, David Yarger of the Grizzlies. Ah, I can actually see them being ready to make a change there. That's a that's a coin toss right there, man, because they just kind of went crazy at the trade deadline. Yeah. I, I mean, just the guys that they've thrown onto that roster. Yeah, I, they, I don't they know, turned Lance, them into the suicide squad. But Lance Stevenson. Their schedule was so light that they couldn't fall out of the playoffs if they tried. Lance Stevenson. Lance Stevenson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
and Tony Allen and Zach Randolph <laughs> yeah, and PJ Hairst <laughs> and <laughs> and Matt Barnes and it's still oh yeah I forgot about Matt Barnes oh yeah Lance Stevenson and Matt Barnes Matt Barnes I feel is like that, I'm uh, still missing somebody Derek Fisher's girlfriend's ex is is that who that is that's the same guy that chased down Henson in, in a locker room after a block yes the very same Matt Barnes I like that that's guy. the guy <laughs> uh, who else. Doc Rivers of the Clippers. Ooh, I think he stays one more year, but I don't know how much more patience the Clippers organization will have with him. I think he stays. Yeah. I think uh, the Clippers make a big move this offseason. Yeah, I, I'm talking I like agree. a Chris Paul move or a Blake Griffin move. Someone is getting moved on that roster, I think. Well, for starters, they're going to demand that he get ship his son out before they go any further. No, I think he's the safest guy on the roster. Okay, fine. Doc's a GM. Yeah, I know, but never mind. That's the point. <laughs> um, next is Steve Clifford of the Hornets. He is safe. Safe. Yep. Um, Budenholzer of the Hawks. He's Stays. safe. Stotts of the Blazers. He Stays. is safe. Randy Whitman of the Wizards. I think he is finally gone. Um, they look like they're going to miss the playoffs. And that's just the excuse you need to get rid of them. Um, I can see that. Yeah. I, I I think they get rid of him. They make some roster changes, and then they try this again. Um, and everyone else, I think, is safe. Casey of the Raptors. Safe. Vogel of the Pacers. Yep. Carlisle of the Mavericks. Spolster of the Heat. And Popovich of the Spurs. There you go. Nope. You think Spolstra's done? Nope. Oh, who are we forgetting? I think Pop, Pop, Pop. retires. Oh, you think Pop is going to retire? I can see Pop retiring. If Duncan goes, I think Pop goes. I think Duncan will retire. And and I think Ginobili's going too. And I, I think they're going out yeah. together. Okay, I'm, I'm wondering about Duncan though. If, if they fall one game shy in the Western Conference Finals, do you think Duncan turns around and... And says, I want one more chance at this. That's going to be every year. I know. That's what I'm saying. Duncan turns 40 in three weeks, mind you. Just so everybody knows that. He'll be 40 in three weeks. No, but I'm telling you, Tim Duncan, I call him Father Time. Because the guy just doesn't age. No, he doesn't. If he keeps saying, well, we're we're close. I'm just going to play one more year. He's going to be playing until he's like 66. Right. And then he'll break a hip and he'll have to retire. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know. But you make a good point about Pop. I didn't even consider that. So good point. Um, All right. Here's one thing, though. When Popovich retires. And it will have been 20 years. When he retires, do you know what he does? Takes on some sort of an office job there in San Antonio. No. What? He gets a sideline reporter. He gets a sideline reporter job and he does the interviews. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, can you imagine how dry those interviews would be? Him with with Van Gundy being the the color commentator? Oh, well, it can't be much worse than Van Gundy and Jackson right now. So yeah. I, I know, but that would be so great. You know what it'd be every every time it'd be like, tell me about the game. We're winning. Okay, thanks, Coach. <laughs> People would want to give a colorful response. He'd be like, "No, 
No. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, um, one more note I wanted to throw in here. Um, since we're, oh my gosh, you guys are making me crack up. Um, I wanted to throw in a note. Uh, I don't know if you noticed the news this last week about Craig Sager. Either of you catch that? I did. Yeah. So yeah. thought thoughts to Craig Sager, one of one of my favorite uh, sideline reporters in the NBA. Just just been a joy to watch over the last. Uh, Oh gosh, it's been a long time. Um, so, um, and, uh, I follow, I follow and interact with his daughter on Twitter sometimes too. She's, she knows basketball really well, real fun to talk to, but I, my thoughts go out to her and the family and everybody involved in there. So Craig, get well, we enjoy, we, we, we love you, dude. So anyway, let's jump out of that. Um, we we got a couple things we we got a rapid rapid fire through. We're we're approaching the end of March Madness. We are to the final four. We have Syracuse, we have North Carolina. We have Help me out guys. I I can't remember. I can't remember because I think are. North Carolina is the only number 1 seed that made it cuz all the rest of them got knocked off. <coughs> Kansas got knocked off, Virginia got knocked off. Oregon got knocked off, so... That intern was supposed to have these notes. Gosh, dang okay, it. Okay, okay, found it, found it. Thanks, thanks, buddy. No, no, get me some coffee. Um, <laughs> we got Villanova playing against Oklahoma. So you've got a, a Villanova two-seed against the Sooners two-seed, and then you have the Tar Heels one-seed one seed against the Orange ten-seed. Ten who do you guys have going to the final, and who do you have winning it? Who? Uh, Nova on the one side. It's Nova against o- Oklahoma. Then yes, Nova wins, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Jim Beheim takes the orange to the final, so it's gonna be Nova and Syracuse. Huh. At this point, I'm going to say Oklahoma. Oklahoma winning it all? Yeah. Oh, there you go. And then Buddy Heald is is like the third guy in this week draft that is headlined by Ben Simmons and Brandon Ingram. Buddy Heald is the hero of the whole tournament, and then draft people start saying, well, we got to consider this guy. All right, Devin, that takes us to the next. I think that's what will happen. That takes us to the next rapid fire, the draft. Draft picks, right? Right. Um, you, the, you don't care about my picks? Well, oh, who are your picks? Sorry. I'm, I'm going Oklahoma and uh, North Carolina in the final. And I'm going to go with North Carolina winning it all. Ooh. Just because I've seen what they do to Notre Dame. And I just feel like it, it may be their time. Okay. And, and they're the they're the only one seed, so I'm picking the favorite, right? All right. So there you go. Now, okay, that's a perfect segue into draft picks really fast. Uh, you and I were discussing before we went on air, before Jan, John joined us. Jan, John, Jan. Yeah, John. Jan, are you there? <laughs> before John joined us. Jan, Jan must and, have hung up. John, are you there? Your, your, boy, your boy from... Uh, 
from Notre Dame just declared for the draft tonight. Yes, Demetrius Jackson. At the number 16 seed, which is right there for the Jazz, but he's a point guard. John, would the Jazz take a point guard in the draft? No, I don't. I mean, if Chris Dunn falls to 16, then maybe they do. But other than that, I just I can't imagine them taking a point guard when they already have four on the roster. My thoughts exactly. And they're they're going to be trying to figure out if they can get anyone to trade for Trey Burke this summer, I think. And even then, Neto's going to slide to the third guard because Shelvin Mack's going to be their second point guard. I think they will pick up his option, keep him on the roster for next year. And meanwhile, give the starting job back to Dante and really hope he turns into the star that they were, that they drafted him to be. Agreed. So what did the Jazz no, need? I, I can't possibly. What do they need? Yes. Um, they need, they need, well, they need another backup at the wing and they need another backup big man. Um, Booker's going to be a free agent and I can see him leaving. So they'll need another, another big body back there. And then wings, Chris Johnson will be gone. And they have three legitimate otherwise. will be coming back. Right. But yeah, they'll want another one there. Now the Jazz have three second round picks. Um, I see them trading away one or two of them. Probably turn, my guess is trade one or two away. Um, and then use one on some Euro stash. Maybe one of those second round picks, they go ahead and take a guy that they can invite to summer league and see what he see what he has. Um, there's a lot of guys from France I see that are projected to go in the second round. So maybe they take one of those guys, someone that maybe Rudy knows, and you know, take a better look at him. Uh, there's a guy named Isaiah Cordonier, who's a shooting guard from France, who's a second round projection right now. Maybe take someone like that. And then, uh, you know, probably trade for future picks or maybe combine two seconds to move up. Who knows? But they don't need they don't need four more rookies next year. So um, let me I, ask you I this, them, though. You, you're, go ahead. you're talking about them needing a big man where mm-hmm. they have Lyles, who's just going to be a sophomore. Do they yep. draft another big man? Um, I, the draft, I think would be probably be another wing player. Um, I think, I think they're, I think they're going to be looking heavily in free agency for another big, um, I think they'll be looking for an upgrade over Booker. Um, Lyles is good enough to get Booker's minutes, but I think you really want a deep team. And if they get a different guy that maybe is so good that he challenges for Lyle's minutes. That's fine because that just means you have a deep team. All right. Okay. Well, we got to wrap up soon. I think we're getting down to time, but uh, let's jump away from sports. Um, the only thing left is our, uh, our thoughts on a, on a movie, Batman versus Superman. I saw it. As did I. Have you what? seen it, Devin? No, I have not. Do you intend oh. to see it? No, I do not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anybody um, listening right now, if you have not seen it yet, 
then we're just going to go out there and say spoilers, okay? No, 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 we no, may no, talk. no, Don't Don't go overboard with the We're not going to go overboard spoilers. I'm just letting you know it might be mild spoilers. So anybody listening that hasn't watched it, doesn't want to know, you can shut off now. If you have watched it and want to know uh, John's thoughts on it, and if you haven't watched it and still want to know John's thoughts with mild, mild spoilers, then let's we'll keep going. John, your thoughts? Um, they really need to give this to someone else besides Zack Snyder. I think DC is trying to cheat in trying to copy what the Marvel Universe has done. The Marvel Cinematic Universe had four individual movies before they brought them together for the Avengers. And DC is trying to skip a bunch of steps. Um, Batman versus Superman had about four movies crammed into one. They took a lot from Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. They took a lot from Death of Superman. They shoehorned in these cameos from all these other Justice League characters. And it really felt like they were they were doing way too much in one movie. And therefore, a lot of the times it felt like um, product and didn't feel like an organic story. And... I, I, and yet I still want to see it again to see if there are parts that didn't make sense to me the first time, if they make any more sense or if it really was just true incompetence. <laughs> you might, you, um, you might have just put my thoughts probably more articulate than I could have done because I felt that same way. Um, although I'm not like you and daring enough to want to see it again, I really don't want to. I, I was, I enjoyed it, it was entertaining. But for me, I'm not sure it'll hold value for me a second time. Uh, my son, my nine-year-old, on the other hand, I did take him. He wants to go again. He enjoyed it. Um, so it, it – yeah, I, I two, th- I broke it into thirds. The first two-thirds of the movie just were slow for me. It's bad enough it's two and a half hours long, but for the first two-thirds to just drag on like they did, I had a real difficult time with it. And then the final third kicked in and it's almost like it kicked into another gear and it was enjoyable. Well, they were trying to get so much in there that, you know, I'm okay with the two and a half hour movie if it's the right two and a half hours. Yes. But we have, we have to see Batman's parents get killed again. We have these dream sequences that just didn't make sense. It's like, why are we having dream sequences? Right. And we get a training montage of Batman working out. And it's like, why, why are we spending time on this when we're not spending time on explaining what Luther's actual motivations are? <laughs> I well, mean, when, and- you, when you get to the end and he kind of explains it, it's like, okay, so you have daddy issues and that's why you're doing this? I mean – Well, and then, and then even – I even had issue with the entire dinner uh, – or, or not dinner, but the – the the dinner party sequence. The party? Yeah. Oh, see, I I thought that was one of the better scenes in the movie. Well, okay, so the scene itself broken down to the single scene was good, but I had issue with with it, I mean, it, it was a very vague move for him to go down, hook up this machine, download what, you know, I it I realized he was trying to understand what who who Lex Luthor is and what he's doing, I thought maybe they could have put that out there just a little bit better than they did. That part of the sequence I didn't like because I thought I, I you know you it, it seemed very hollow to me 
the sequence upstairs between Bruce Wayne and, you know, and, and Clark Kent, I thought was great. But I thought the rest of it kind of lacked a little bit. It was a little hollow for me. In fact, that's the point in the movie when he was downstairs trying to hook that thing up where I just about gave up. I just was like, okay, really? Go back upstairs and go back and talk to Clark Kent because at least that was something interesting for me. This is just boring. Well, I I think there also needs to be a moratorium on superhero movies introducing some CGI monster for your final battle. (laughs) Um, that's, that's why the incredible Hulk movie didn't work. That's why the green lantern movie didn't work. And then it happens again here where doomsday shows up. I didn't mind him though. Comic book readers know who doomsday is. And I actually liked him a little better than I thought I was when I saw the preview of doomsday. I went, Oh, this looks terrible. Right. I didn't mind doomsday because of how powerful he was. But here's the thing. What I mean, does Lex think he can control Doomsday? I mean, what if Doomsday accidentally kills Batman and Superman? Then what does he do? Does he just like keep destroying and destroying until the entire Earth is gone? I mean, I did. How does how does he know these are the ones he want to fight? I, right. Doomsday is just suddenly there at the very end of the movie, and it's not really a spoiler because they put it in the trailer. Well, but you know, he just he just shows up in the last fifteen minutes for our big final climactic battle. I also did not like the way they set him up with Lex earlier on in the movie either. I it it was poorly well, or it just poorly put together. Yeah, it's like I I was getting how Lex was setting up to build Doomsday, but I never understood what his motivation was, right, and why. How how he put two and two together that he was going to be able to do this, and and that that bugged me. There 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 was no underlying reason for Luther to be doing what he was doing other than he's a villain. Well, and and, that, and that's the, the two sentence explanation he gave just wasn't that strong. And that entire sequence was a little bit strange for me too because the computer of the ship is trying to explain to him he shouldn't do it, but really the explanation was never there. You really didn't understand it, and it ends right there, and you don't pick up again till the end of the movie. Oh, and then the actual the actual battle of Batman versus Superman. Yes, I mean the the whole reason they fight is because they don't really communicate; they refuse to actually try to talk to each other. Right, especially Batman. He's just he's just determines that Superman needs to die, and that's and that's all he cares about. He never tries to get Superman's side of the story or anything. And Superman, who's this really good guy, um, is forced to battle Batman because Lex is framing him, and so Superman goes, "Well, okay, I guess I better go kill Batman." A little anticlimactic. Like, why? Why is why is he even humoring this? Right. Oh, and then, and then and then the very the very end thing when when it's over and Batman just has this complete change of heart, and then later later he uh, when he meets Superman's mom, he's like, "I'm a friend of your son's," and you're like, "You just barely, just like two scenes ago, were trying to kill him, and now suddenly you're friends." Eh. Yeah, I know. There was a lot of leaps that the movie was taking, and and so that's why I go back to I'm okay with the two and a half hour movie, but you have to give me the right two and a half hours to make this story work. Right. And it felt like this movie was throwing in a lot of things 
to check off some corporate boxes. I mean, there there is no reason for the movie to just stop while that one character watches the security footage of Aquaman right. and The Flash and Cyborg. There's no reason to do that other than to tell the audience, hey, we got these three other movies planned, and here's a preview. Oh, by the way. And then, then, then it... Then, it's like here okay, here's Flash, here's Cyborg, here's Aquaman. All right, back to the movie. Right. Oh, oh, by the way, I do look forward to a Wonder Woman movie. Uh her entrance was my favorite part in the movie. Absolutely. Um I I happen to really like Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne. Really? Um Oh yeah. Yeah. He he was I liked I liked his Bruce Wayne. I liked Amy Adams better this time around as Lois Lane. Um, Cavill was fine as Superman, but I've never had the feeling that Zack Snyder likes. Um, you know, Snyder Snyder really made his mark when he directed Watchmen, and I think Watchmen's a really good movie, and I really like Snyder for that material. But Batman versus Superman is completely different and yet it still feels like he's trying to make another Watchmen movie and I just think that's a mistake and even though he's already directing Justice League part one I really really hope that anybody else is given the director's chair for part two because um you know when I when I saw Man of Steel the second time everything I kind of forgave the first time just fell apart and I went no no never mind this is a bad movie right and Batman versus Superman I don't I don't know what I'll think when I watch it the second time, but the first time around the first time around is like, well, this isn't that bad, but it's you definitely can't call it good either. Right. I mean, I I was entertained as far as my interest was held through the entire movie. Um, but there were a lot of parts that were just like, oh man, why'd you make that choice? Yep. Well, there you have it. Our semi-spoilery review. See, Devin, it wasn't so bad. Oh, I was reading. Yeah, I know. You were ignoring it. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's drama on Twitter, man. Well, uh, no, I'm, I'm reading this. Uh, sorry, I, I no interest in the movie, and then if I see it, I don't want it to be spoiled. So Alan said I didn't have to listen, so I didn't. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm reading this story about D'Angelo Russell videotaping a conversation with Swaggy P., and now the Lakers teammates are shunning him. Right, right. And and, and the video got out and it's a, about him being with women and it's just just when you think it can't get any worse in LA, some, wow. something happens. I mean, it's 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 a disaster. And that and, number 2 pick that they spent on Russell, well, that could be completely wasted. Notice and, notice whose name comes up in the drama again though, Swaggy P. <laughs> and did you see this tweet from scott mizuno no kobe snitched d'angelo snitched the torch has been passed <laughs> that's that's about how it well is. played that was that's great all right Oof. well okay. and then and then the final thing is it looks like Rus- russell westbrook uh let reggie jackson have it tonight because they celebrated the pistons win and he says uh he'll see him down the line all righty then now there you go Russell Westbrook. Hey, I wanted to bring something up with you guys. I had mentioned this before the show. So I missed last week because I was, as I think, how did you put it, Alan? 
Being a bum somewhere. Being or... a bum out on spring break weekend with, you know, enjoying yourself. Yes. Yes, I was out on holiday. Yes, you were. And I was in the lovely city of Seattle. And, John, I know you are a Seahawks fan. I don't know how uh-huh. you feel about the Sonics. But while I was there, I saw some shirts that caught my eye. And they were $5 shirts. And there was a cardboard cutout of Kevin Durant wearing one of these. And so I think you know where I'm going with it. And the shirt Mm. said, make Seattle super again. Build the arena. And I just had to stop and think. Jazz fans have been through this rebuild process. And that's what the Sonics were going through at the time. Sonics picked up some good assets. The Jazz have picked up some solid assets. Can you imagine what it would be like for the team to up and leave now? Just when it feels I, like we're getting somewhere. Yeah. I The Sonics were my second team. I lived in Seattle for about five years. Um, I was on my mission in Seattle when they went to the finals. I loved the Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, Detlef Shrimp era. And they they were my second team. And that, you know died the second they left seattle that was a horrible deal it's it's probably the worst stain on david stern's resume that he allowed that to happen that he allowed the sonics to leave seattle um i hope they get a team there someday and then they would become my second team again but but yeah if i remember right um seattle drafted durant and i think they moved the next year Maybe it was two years, but yeah, it was like right when they were getting all these stud pieces and that team had been floundering for years. And then right when they were getting these stud pieces, they, they moved. I, I hated that move. It just, it made me sad. It, it honestly made me sad as a basketball fan because as, as you walk through like some of the shops and you walk down through like the public market and things like that, you see sonic stuff it it hasn't gone away and it's one of those things i i just i can't imagine being in that situation as a fan even as a fan now but i think about kids because you see these kids on the jumbotron at the game or or as you're coming in and out from commercials on a broadcast it's just got to be so devastating to to a local basketball community and so, of course, I, I had to buy buy yeah. one of these shirts to uh, to show a little bit of support with with a yellow five dollar t shirt. But it, it it's just something I, I think, no matter what happens here, playoffs or no playoffs, and whether the Jazz, you know, really become a contender or if they become a, a fringe playoff team, or if they end up making some moves and and the team doesn't go the way that the fans are hoping that it will at the end of the day, part of us just has to be grateful that we have this team here in Salt Lake city. Yeah. Yeah. Especially here since, um, you know, we don't have an NFL team. We don't have a major league baseball team. Um, the jazz have been it for 30 years and, 40 years. When did they move here? 
They moved oh, here. Well, Larry took over 30 years ago. I guess that's yeah, what I'm thinking I was going to say, I was going to say they moved here in 79, was it? So it's, it's not know. quite 40 I moved, years. I moved here in 1989 and that's when my jazz fandom started. Right. But, right. um, but no, I, I can't imagine, and I hope the jazz never leave. And my, there's nothing I want more in sports of any sport of any team than for the jazz to win a championship. And I could find no better way to end the show. Well said. So, all right, folks, thank you for joining us for another edition of Jedi and germs. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Jedi and germs, Twitter, Jedi and germs. Uh, find all of us on Twitter at Jedi Zog at germs guy torn by Devin. And uh, on iTunes and Stitcher, where you'll find all of all, uh, find us each and every week. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. John, take us out. Bye, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.